Listen to them. Children of the night. What music they make. There are things that go bump in the night, and we are the ones who bump back. Somewhere in the cosmos, perhaps, intelligent life may be watching these lights of ours, aware of what they mean. Or do our lights wander a lifeless cosmos? I couldn't help at one point in our discussions with General Secretary Gorbachev. I couldn't help but say to him, just think how easy his task and mine might be in these meetings that we held. If suddenly there was a threat to this world from another planet outside in the universe, well, I don't suppose we could wait for some alien race to come down and threaten us, but I think that between us we can bring about that realization. Hello, Crypt Keepers. Good evening, and welcome to another episode of Cryptique, where we discuss the paranormal, conspiracy theories, legends, hidden knowledge, and so much more. Go ahead and smash that subscribe button, rate the show, and leave a review. The more listeners we have, the more time we can dedicate to the show, so tell some friends. Don't forget about Ryan's other podcast, Movie Howl, where you can find your next favorite movie as he and his co-host Joe review movies past and present. I also want to remind you to check out my other podcast, Exploring Evil, where I bring you stories of lesser-known serial killers, cults, and murders with a paranormal twist. You can find both podcasts everywhere you find Cryptique. Tonight's show is a discussion about the Project Bluebeam Conspiracy Theory. It was published by Canadian author Serge Monast in 1994. So this... I, I kind of wanted to talk about this more freeform. Um, this is a topic that you've recommended a couple times, or at least mentioned as something we could do potentially a few times. And it's something I've heard of, but I didn't really know much about. I knew it had to do with religion. I knew it had to do with using kind of a messiah figure or some technology to trick people into thinking that they were having some spiritual experience. Correct. Which on its own does not sound crazy. Not at all. That's that's something I want to emphasize, that you know, using some kind of trickery like this is not new. Um, I'm fairly certain that I've read articles before about, you know, U.S. troops trying to use kind of Japanese mythology and spiritualism to, like, frighten Japanese soldiers mm -hmm. during World War II. I think they released foxes that were covered in, like... Um, phosphorus or something something that glowed mm -hmm. under certain conditions because of this uh fox spirit superstition or belief that was prevalent in the areas they were at that time mm -hmm. so the idea and i've heard before that you know there was a thought given to using something like this in iraq during our conflict mm -hmm. there you know to well, let me let me cut in for just a second to uh, kind of piggyback on your Japanese story because I know they did it in Vietnam. They would go into the jungles and place loudspeakers and they would play like moaning and groaning and basically what they were trying to emulate 
is these spirits, these walking like dead spirits that the Vietnamese would have, I guess, believed they were their ancestors mm. or perhaps the souls of the soldiers that had been killed and did not get to, you know, pass on to heaven or, you know, whatever their parallel is with that. So, so that's been done too. So, well, I was just going to say that I've also heard that there was thought given to using uh, Islamic beliefs to try to find some way to either discourage or dishearten enemy combatants in the Middle East. Probably something to do with jinn. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. It was something where they believe they may have the technology to project images or sound in a way that would be, uh, I guess, convincingly paranormal. Mm -hmm. And why wouldn't they? They would do anything. I mean... And, and this is a little bit different than what we're going to talk about, but, I mean, we've discussed in the past that the military will do anything they possibly can to try and get an advantage, and they don't really see things as normal society, as, as can it be done or can't it be done. It's more like, well, let's try it. Mm, yeah, maybe should it be done before somebody else does it. Mm -hmm. So the reason I bring those up is because most of what I read is difficult to believe. That's, that's a kind way to put it. Very difficult to believe. Okay. But as much of it as I don't believe, there are real-life parallels to some of these claims. You know, like you're saying, there is a history of militaries looking for some advantage, whether that's through trickery or unconventional... Weaponry or or whatever, you know there there was that whatever it was that happened at an embassy a year or two ago. Was it the Cuban embassy? Yeah, where they I think they think it was like infrasound used to make people sick. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So this kind of thing can happen, but do you want to get into explaining exactly what this conspiracy is, and I'll I'll try to comment and. Absolutely. So. What I want to pose to the listeners, does everything in science have to be 100% correct for any of it to be correct? And how much of a conspiracy theory has to be accurate for it to be considered at least a possibility or a truth? I mean, if, if I out there there's a conspiracy theory okay um, aliens came and visited my friend down the street and they told him that uh, Marilyn Monroe actually stabbed JFK in the head in that car well obviously the second half is ludicrous but the first half while most would probably think that's ludicrous too but it's a possibility and that's how I feel about Project Bluebeam. I feel like uh, there's a lot of possibilities in it, possible truths, and there's a couple things that seem kind of out there. But if 80% of the things that are presented are at least possible, does that mean that we just, you know, throw everything away because there's some that seem really unbelievable? Or do we say, maybe in 1994 he got some things wrong but maybe he got some things right too 
and we'll discuss, you know, what his theory was in whole. And then maybe we'll talk a little bit about, well, this maybe doesn't make as much sense, but this could definitely happen. So we'll start off, I guess, we'll just break down each little part of this plan. And the plan is basically to take control of the world under one global leadership and the leader that is supposed to come forth is the Antichrist but that's where it kind of steps out a little bit and I think a lot of this could actually happen and could be being used or being tried or being planned so we'll start off with part one so it talks a lot about new age religion and that is something that the theory explains is going to be used to sort of unite the world but not in a good way so in his theory he states that without a universal belief in new age religion the success of the new world order which will be the ones that are supposed to be taking over the world will be impossible. That is why the Bluebeam Project is so important to them, but has been so well hidden until now. So the first step is engineered earthquakes and hoaxed discoveries. What did you come across when you looked at that? Um, I really don't know what to think about the engineered earthquakes and discoveries portion of this um what it seems to suggest to me is that the engineered discoveries are little bits of misinformation being leaked strategically to disprove or discredit presently held assumptions about kind of the history of the world and our society and where we came from and some of those things that um impact I guess you could say our, our place in the universe, but also where we came from, from a religious or spiritual perspective, and just kind of throwing a lot of what we think we know into disarray. Agreed. Does that seem accurate? Absolutely. Now, let me ask you this. Can the government, NATO, the military, NASA, whoever, engineer an earthquake and just say, boom, right here, in Iraq, we're going to have an earthquake here, and then we're going to discover this. I say probably not. I would say probably not as well. Um, probably the best claim related to this would be Nikola Tesla. He was supposed to have had it, not really an earthquake machine, but it was supposed to be a machine that would mm -hmm. resonate at various frequencies, and the famous story is that... Um, Somebody came to see, this is off the top of my head. It's not something I researched or thought of in, while I was reading this, but that somebody had come in and found him, you know, trying to destroy this machine because it accidentally hit the same resonant frequency as the structure that he was in, you know, the, the steel frame of the building he was in and the building was starting to shake apart. Right. You know, so I've heard theories that that technology could be used for something like this, but that's a long way from from one to the other you know that's a long way from basically a giant mechanical <laughs> tuning fork to 
something that could create a targeted natural disaster. And I think if that could happen, it would have been used. And I think it would have been probably not super obvious, but more obvious than it, you know, like we would know something was going on. It would be every time the U.S. or whoever had it was in a conflict, like, oh, and there was an earthquake in this area that, you know, destroyed this, like, fuel depot or something like that. So between 2012 and 2020, there averaged between 12,500 and 15,000 earthquakes around the globe per year. So that's a lot more than what I imagined. But the question I have is, okay, let's say for the sake of argument, there is no possible way that any government or any company or anything has ever been able to engineer an earthquake. Throw that out the window. Do we need an earthquake for a hoaxed discovery? Mm, no. I don't know if I should even bring this up, but in high school I had a girlfriend who did not believe in dinosaurs. I didn't know this about her ahead of time. It was just something we all discover things about each other just randomly. And this was something that we discovered was, you know, she I don't even remember how it came up, but she told me that she believed that dinosaurs were all hoaxes. It was just people who wanted money. So they just created the bones, buried them, dug them up later and like sold them off to museums or something like that. But it was such a strange perspective to have. And it was not something I ever considered that is hoaxing the discovery itself as opposed to uh, counterfeiting some kind of artifact. We, we've thrown out the engineered earthquakes. What is happening in the world today that is allowing discoveries, uh, archaeological... Uh, what is happening in the world today that is giving people the ability to go uh, deeper into the earth than they have in the past. <clears throat> Off the top of my head. What's being stripped away? What's being stripped away from the earth to where new things are being um, brought to the surface? It's not a trick question, but it is kind of a hard one. You want me to just give you the answer? Well, I would say a lot of what I read about when there's some kind of new discovery is it's usually an infrastructure project. Okay. An infrastructure project or mining for some kind of material. That's when I feel like I read about that. You know, they're, And it's not usually in the U.S. It's like in England or somewhere else in the U.K. They'll dig for the foundations for a new building and they'll find, you know, some something ancient who knows what it is like a roman sword or yeah or like maybe a, a burial site that they didn't know was there previously or or the buried remains of some shop or long lost king yes there's always something you know um there's a lot of that if you watch like uh, discovery channel or national geographic mm -hmm. you'll see stuff like that where there's maybe a winery and then they dig down and they're trying to do something with the soil and they realize there's foundations for some other building that was there years before. I feel like it's usually something, it's just happenstance where you find something like that. Well, some of the stuff that I came across, all these new discoveries, I shouldn't say all of them, but uh, 
that's something that you know Serge Monas might not have been able to foresee and he knew there would be hoax discoveries or thought there would be hoax discoveries I should say and it just he thought like well there's probably they'll probably make an earthquake and and didn't think about global warming because oh you know even though that was yeah. 1994 it it was kind of on the back burner uh you know behind like deforestation and littering and stuff and then people uh, started to take notice of global warming so that's an uh, a a step that has worked well for them because they haven't had to engineer any earthquakes because all this stuff's being discovered under the ice. Mm -hmm. But so we, we throw that out. So there's no one creating earthquakes. Maybe there is, but just for the sake of uh, validity of this conspiracy theory, we'll throw that part out and just say there's hoax discoveries because <laughs> I mean, I understand as we get into this, we'll find out that there's a, you know, religious aspect to it, and it would be more dramatic for an earthquake to reveal the uh, real tomb of Jesus or, you know, whatever. But we can throw that out because it's not needed for this to be valid. Yeah. And that's one of the things about this that was hard for me to get kind of into. Before we started the show, I was telling you, you know, this is more of just a peek behind the scenes for anybody listening, that I was reading through all these notes that you sent me, and, you know, it's a little bit hard to find information about this topic, Project Bluebeam. Mm -hmm. So I was going through this, and it seemed like every other sentence, or at least multiple times per page of these notes, I was having to go, what? And, and re, you know, kind of go back and look again. Because mm -hmm. I feel like the way I described stage one is way more coherent mm -hmm. and sensible sounding than anything that I read. Because uh -huh. most of the conspiracy theories are really wild sounding. Right. Because they compare themselves. You know, um, there was a quote here from the notes. Uh, psychological preparations for that first step have already been implemented with the film 2001 A Space Odyssey, the Star Trek series, and Independence Day, all of which deal with invasions from space and the coming together of all nations to repel the invaders. Which, so they're, they're basically saying that Kubrick is in on it. Because he made space 2001. And... It's, it's one of those things where, like you're saying, I understand what you're saying, you know, does everything have to be true for any of it to be true? Yeah. And it's almost one of these things of, I, I've heard it referred to, I think, as a thought-canceling stereotype. Yeah. Or something like that. It's some term like that, you know, where you throw in conspiracy theory or ufologist says this or whatever. It's one of these things that immediately discredit something. Mm -hmm. But a lot of this information is kind of impenetrable because it sprinkles in yeah. things that are real, you know. Is it possible they're hoax discoveries? Yes. But then they throw in that NATO or the UN or whoever is engineering earthquakes to facilitate these hoax discoveries. Like, it throws in this extra thing. It's like, oh, you had me. Hoax discoveries? Sure. You know? 
like give me an Indiana Jones villain who's doing some kind of hoax discoveries and then stumbles on something you know that sounds like a plot to a movie but yeah in the engine I mean so does the engineered earthquakes that sounds like a Bond villain a lot of what you read is going to be slanted too because people for some reason seem to have this like absolute hatred of conspiracy theories and conspiracy theory on its own is meant to be discrediting to what is essentially just a theory and mm. to have a conspiracy all you need is two people in a room plotting against somebody or something mm -hmm. when you hear the word conspiracy people think of the weirdest wildest stuff they can possibly imagine and then like to talk down to the people who actually have done research on it and found parallels in the media and done their homework they really enjoy talking down and just acting like we're all stupid and they haven't even looked into it at all so there's a slant on a lot of uh, stuff that is out there where you know they would say something like only a complete idiot would ever believe that they could engineer earthquakes. Well, right away, that's an attack. And someone who's maybe on the fence might say, oh, well, I don't, I don't want to be an idiot. Yeah, he's probably right. Yeah, I should not pay attention to this stuff. And I think that's a shame. Mm -hmm. So um, as far as including the movies, I mean you know you can say what you want oh it's a it's a movie uh the fact is that what you take in desensitizes you and it takes a lot for a horror movie to scare me with any jump scare when i first started watching horror movies i got hit with jump scares but it desensitized mm -hmm. me it doesn't mean that their technique is uh, not on par with the first movies I saw it's that I became desensitized because I had seen so many of them and whether these are planned movies to try and desensitize the world to an alien invasion or it's just a, someone's imagination either way it's desensitizing people to what may or may not be going on mm, true and it, those movies and TV series that they mention are also supporting kind of the idea that Reagan threw out mm -hmm. in that speech. I, I don't even know the context of it anymore. I just know the line, you know, that if humanity were confronted with some external enemy, we would unite very quickly and yes. very quickly forget our, our differences, which I don't know if that's true. Given the way things have gone recently, yeah, I mean, and even looking back through history, right? Like there are people today resisting uh, the idea that COVID came naturally, right? There are people that think COVID came about naturally. There are people that think COVID was engineered, right? There are people who think the vaccine is fine. There are people mm -hmm. who think the vaccine is dangerous and part of some conspiracy. And there are people who are suspicious mm. or or just dangerous. Yeah. And that's what I, and that that's the okay. fifth one. There are people who think that it's just on its own, uh, potentially unsafe. And if you look back 100 years, there are people worried about vaccines that we all get as 
children now, you know, for mumps and rubella and whatever else, you know, back when um, women's suffrage, when there was, when that was just a movement, Mm -hmm. this was something that was, that I studied in college in one of my history classes. There was a group of women who resisted that they didn't want to vote apparently, Mm -hmm. you know, they even wrote articles and open letters to newspapers saying like, we don't want this responsibility. We're not interested. Don't, you know, don't do it. Mm-hmm. Like people, we'd like to think that we would unite. And I think under a lot of circumstances, we would. If there is a clear enemy, we will. Mm-hmm. But if there, you know, World War II kind of taught us that. So World War II and the Axis kind of teaches us that, yeah, when there's a common enemy, we will come together. We'll recognize that there's a greater good to be served, basically. Mm-hmm. But when you introduce ambiguity, like motives for putting on a vaccine or the implications of giving voting rights to a group that didn't previously have them or whatever, you know, origins of diseases, motivations of politicians to do whatever it is they're doing. I feel like we are more likely to fracture into smaller groups. Mm -hmm. I, I see it happening. Right. I mean, that's that's why I'm saying it, because we're we're seeing it happening today. I mean, we see it happen in, in different ways, too. Not even I mean, COVID's just a super easy example, mm-hmm. um, you know, because you have lots of different people with lots of different opinions about things. And it it's just an easy thing to point at. But then there are other ways that we are kind of segregating ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, I noticed the other day that on my Roku I hadn't used my Roku in a while. I I had an Apple TV because of the way certain apps worked with it. And I realized, you know, I think the Roku worked a little bit better with the TV service. You know, I use Philo. So I plugged that back in and it had a bunch of updates to do. So I let it run through those. And I realized that I had new stuff popping up. You know, some of the apps that were on there that came pre-installed or whatever, or maybe ones that my fiance put on, who knows where they came from. But some of them have multiple if it was lifetime, it was her. <laughs> well, one of them, I think it was called Film Rise, and I don't remember where it came from. I don't know if it's something I installed or it was pre-installed or whatever, but it has multiple uh, icons where you click and get into like a different sort of subset of that service. Mm-hmm. So there were ones for sci-fi, horror, um, you know, documentaries. And there was one for like black filmmakers. Mm -hmm. And I've noticed that in a couple different apps now that there are separate sections for black or minority filmmakers and things like that, or for women's this or, or whatever it happens to be or LGBTQ plus. And it's something that I just can't help, but feel like it might not be good to separate everything that Mm -hmm. way. You know, it's not just it's not horror movies. It's horror movies made by women specifically. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's another way that we're kind of fracturing and, like I said, self-segregating. And it's just it's odd. But people do that all the time. You know, you would do that in high school. There were different you know, tables. This is where it's kind of a trope in movies and it's definitely a lot more exaggerated in movies than it is in real life, but there really are different kinds of people who do different things and they separate themselves based on their tendencies or characteristics. 
it's natural. You know, they're yeah, it, it is. It is. People um group themselves by common interests and commonalities as opposed to differences. You don't walk into a room and go, who's the most different from me and go hang out with them. Although that that might be something that you should try. If probably you know, listeners probably. go out there and find somebody that has totally different views than you and talk to them. That's how we come together. Yeah. Yeah. I had um, really interesting experiences with foreign students at the college I went to mm-hmm. because of being involved with radio and newspaper and some of the people that I knew. And I got dragged into stuff that I didn't really want to do and didn't totally understand as part of like this international week celebration. And I was involved in, you know, Indian culture stuff. And it was, it wound up being really cool. And I made a lot of friends and I wound up going to all these events and learning these things. And it it was just a very, very positive experience, but it's not, you know, you notice I said I got dragged into it. Mm -hmm. It wasn't something I chose to do. I wasn't like, Hey, let me be involved in this ceremony that you're trying to put on to show, you know, other cultures, how you do things. Like I didn't go in looking to do that. Somebody asked me, would you do this? Because it would be, it would grab people's attention if it was a white guy up on stage, Mm -hmm. you know, involved in this Indian ceremony, you know, and sure enough for weeks after that, people stopped me and they're like, Hey, were you part of this thing that happened? I don't want to say too much about it because it was in newspaper and radio and stuff. So I don't mm-hmm. want to be identified, but yeah, there are people that stop you me. You don't want like, to be identified. I don't want to be. Yeah, no, <laughs> but there were, yeah, there's pictures of me wearing like traditional Indian clothes and stuff. No, I don't want people finding that, <laughs> but yeah, people stop me and they're like, Oh, that was so weird. I walked by and I saw this thing going on and then I saw like this big white guy right in the middle of it. Like then it, so they're right. It grabbed people's attention. I'm going to find that picture and put it in our album art or cover art. (laughs) Let's take a second to get a word from our sponsor. I couldn't help at one point in my discussions with General Secretary Gorbachev. I couldn't help but say to him, just think how easy his task and mine might be in these meetings that we held. If suddenly there was a threat to this world from another planet outside in the universe well i don't suppose we can wait for some alien race to come down and threaten us but i think that between us we can bring about that realization all right so yeah i I mean i i don't think anybody really can deny that uh, we do seem to be splitting into smaller groups and it's easier to control a bunch of small groups than it is one united group. So I don't, I don't think most people would argue that, but in March of 2020, researchers made some mind boggling archeological discoveries when they found a fossilized 555 million year old worm-like creature. Unearthed in Australia, this specimen is believed to be the first ancestor of all animals today, including humans. So then we talk about in Russia, they may have found what they believe is 
the uh, actual Amazon warriors from ancient Greek literature. So they're, you know, kind of saying, yeah, well, maybe more of the Greek stuff should, you know, is true. So maybe lean mm. that way a little bit. Just just a little, just a little touch. Everything's subtle. Uh, asteroid the size of Eiffel Tower heading for Earth. That was November 7th this year. Uh, human species who lived 500,000 years ago named as Homo bodoensis, November 5th. Uh, this species was a direct ancestor of early humans in Africa, and the discovery has led to a reassessment of the epoch. As Earth warms, old mayhem and secrets emerge from the ice. November 4th, 2021, in the New York Times. Climate change is revealing long frozen artifacts and animals to archaeologists. Giant space rock demolished an ancient Middle Eastern city and everyone in it, possibly inspiring the biblical story of Sodom. So that was from September 21st, and that was in the Mystery Wire, so it's, you know, it is what it is, but... <laughs> the big space show in the sky. Tell us about that. So this is the second step of the Bluebeam Project, which I don't know if we said is is meant to be sort of jointly put on by the United Nations and NASA. Am I correct? Yes, and in um, the actual book by Serge Manast, he believes that the Soviets are going to be the new world order. So I don't know mm -hmm. if, you know, George Bush was supposed to, you know, unite with them or, or whatever, but... So the second step in the NASA Bluebeam project goes into kind of what we talked about before, using a space show, as it's referred to, and a 3D hologram, laser projections, different kinds of images and sounds uh, projected to different parts of the world, you know, with people with different faiths, different cultures, different societies, to kind of fit you to the right spiritual experience that you would need to have to be influenced in the way they want you to be influenced. Mm -hmm. So in this, God being whatever God you subscribe to specifically, God's voice would come to you in your own language. Mm -hmm. And this claim is based on, well, another claim that the Soviets have perfected an advanced computer, fed that with minute physio-psychological particulars based on their studies of the anatomy and electromechanical composition of the human body, and the studies of the uh, electrical, chemical, and biological properties of the brain. And that these computers were fed with all the languages and human cultural information and meanings uh, from around the world. So that these computers could be used to essentially target you individually. Mm -hmm. To figure out how to get exactly the right information to exactly the right people. So how would one, if they wanted to do so, collect information on you what would you have to do to have them basically covertly collect all your memories and your culture and your events that you've been to and things you've celebrated how would one get that information realistically one would not be able to get that information to the extent to which it is possible by conventionally conventionally accepted means like you know understood to be real means 
mm-hmm. probably through a combination of social media, geographical data collected from smartphones and computers, medical records, things like that. That would be the closest way to do something like that. And this is one of the big problems that I have with this theory. I mean, I don't think either of us believe 100% of this theory. That it would be fed directly into our brains via, like, sound waves. Soviet satellites and all this other stuff. Yeah. Okay, so the reason, one of the things that makes me say that is the fact that a lot of this probably is not possible with technology as we understand it now. Okay. You can't assume something is real based on the idea that you can't prove that it's not. Okay. That makes sense. That in um, ethics or philosophy, it's called an an appeal to ignorance. Mm -hmm. The idea that you have to assume my my claim is true based on the idea that you can't refute it. Okay. You know, you can't prove that there aren't aliens, but it doesn't mean that there are aliens. Right. I think mathematically it is likely that there are. An awful lot of wasted space if there's not. (laughs) Uh, But... The other thing is Occam's razor, mm-hmm. which, again, this is not something I looked up for this. This is occurring to me in the moment. But I think his name was Sir William of Occam. And the idea that he came up with, most people know it, you know, the most uh, likely explanation is probably correct, or the simplest explanation is probably correct. Yeah, it's the simplest. But the way, the more accurate way I've heard that stated is the the explanation that requires the fewest number of assumptions is usually correct. That makes sense. So if we assume that this is true, we have to assume that the government has some way of getting hold of our memories and beliefs. We have to assume that they have some way of getting hold of our specific, minute physio-psychological particulars, our anatomy, our electromechanical composition, and things about the operation of our brains that are not only useful, but are specific to you as an individual on a planet of 8 billion individuals, or however many people there are now. We also have to assume that they have some way of using that. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can beam... You know, point that you made when we were talking just before the show. You know, there are satellites that can send information all over the world, but they're sent from something that is intended to transmit to something that is intended to receive. Right. So we have to make the assumption that they can transmit something to us, which are Mm -hmm. not intended to receive it, and make us receive it. Okay. So... AP News, July 14th, 2021. In a medical first, researchers harnessed the brainwaves of a paralyzed man unable to speak and turned what he intended to say into sentences on a computer screen. It will take years of additional research, but the study, reported Wednesday, marks an important step toward one day restoring more natural communication for people who can't talk because of injury or illness. That's wonderful if they can do that. And I'm not saying that that translates to uh, infecting, you know, billions, trillions of people with a a specific thought. But we always talk about how long 
do you think the uh, or how far ahead is military technology from civilian or perhaps you know university technology or NASA technology what I've seen before I think in a history channel uh, show maybe 10 or 15 years ago mm -hmm. they were kind of talking about England you know England's goal was to have a Navy double the size of the next two navies mm -hmm. and this representative of the u.s air force i think said uh that the u.s goal is to be 30 years ahead of the next most advanced country mm -hmm. and from what i understand from folks that i know who've been in the military that's probably true mm -hmm. or close to true there's probably a lot more advanced technology in use in military applications than is in use in civilian applications and a lot of that is really going to just come down to cost yeah when you have almost an unlimited budget you can have whatever you want if right. it gives you an edge if it's saving lives or you know that's what we hope it's doing saving lives where we believe that it's sending out thousands of missions to other galaxies and other planets and stuff like that and just give them as much money as they want but that's mm -hmm. neither here nor there okay so where were we at the space show yes okay so it's we'll say that perhaps it's very unlikely that at this point any entity can target everybody at once if that's you know what's being put forth in this conspiracy theory and it could be over the course of you know a certain amount of time that these thoughts get projected to you or whatever but in this what i take away from it is that the light show in the sky is absolutely possible you know you can if you want to throw aside the mind control then i understand but i mean do you agree that the light show probably wouldn't be that big of an issue yeah I think it could be done if enough resources were put into it. I think, and that's, you know, that's something that's kind of scary, that an aspect of this could be true. Mm -hmm. And it's just so much has been layered up on top of it. It's been built on. It's almost like a, you know, game of telephone when you're a kid. Mm -hmm. You know, some things can be totally inaccurate or they can be embellished, you know. If the original message is like there's a big red ball in the corner it might end up being like the biggest red balloon you've ever seen in your entire life is over in the corner and what you know because you can just add a little bit to it every time the story is passed on yeah. so it's entirely possible that there's a kernel of truth to maybe not the plan but the capability to act on it that is embellished either purposely or accidentally to the point of being unbelievable yeah I think I think you said it right that it's uh, sort of, I guess, leans in that direction. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the result of this space show is to deliberately stage events to the world that the new Christ or Messiah, or I guess what Monast calls them is Maitreya. But mm -hmm. in any case, uh, you would see like Buddha, Krishna, Christ... Uh, they'll all come together as one, but then they talk about the rapture, where people would be lifted up from Earth. So that would be pretty hard, right, to lift up huge populations into the sky, protesters mm -hmm. or something like that. So they talk about a tractor beam 
and people think that tractor beams are total science fiction, totally impossible. I mean, would you agree that most people think that that's a total fairy tale? Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. So, main online news, this is from September of 2010, scientists have invented a tractor beam which is able to move large objects longer distances than ever thought before using a laser light. So, when they're talking about tractor beams or levitation or anything like that, and they say large objects, they could be talking about a button or the tiniest bead. Yeah, because the way this is phrased, move a large object, they're not giving any indication of what what is large. Right. Large compared to what? Longer distances than ever before. Longer, longer than what? What was before? Was it a mile? Right. Or were you just never able to do it before at all? So, yeah, it says it can move tiny particles. So it could be dust, um, mm-hmm. but it can move them up to 59 inches from one place to another. Now... Or it could be that, you know, like you were saying, like a button, you could move an inch or two. Yeah. And tiny things you can move further. Yeah, that's a good point. Acoustic tractor beam can bypass obstacles. October 29th, 2018. Scientists have created a device that can levitate small objects even when something else is in the way. So, you know, again, it's something very tiny, but it's showing the ability to, like, basically levitate something that is being... uh, that has another object in the way of the sound waves going to that object that's being levitated. So that's mm-hmm. pretty cool. Again, it's a far cry from, you know, pulling the crowd up, but they uh, use these sound waves to be able to, I guess, push stuff. I don't think it would be able to pull something towards it, but. In any case, there is technology out there that's advancing and headed in this direction. And I couldn't find anywhere where there was an end date, like this is going to happen by 2024 or anything like that. Did you see anything like that? No. He's playing the long game. Could happen eventually. Mm So the third step in this is something we've kind of already touched on a little bit, talking about the, um, I guess, the technologies that would be needed to make something like this happen. But the third step in the Bluebeam project is the telepathic electronic two-way communication. And an article from Lieutenant Colonel John Alexander states, if it is possible to feed artificial thought into the multigenic field via satellite, the mind control of the entire planet is now possible. An individual's only resistance would be to constantly question the motivation behind their thoughts and not act upon thoughts which they consider to be outside of their own ideological, religious, and moral boundaries. End quote. So this is what we were talking about before that communication could be beamed directly to you and targeted to you as an individual that would be in the correct language, it would have the correct uh, cultural constructs around the way it's being delivered, and the right um, imagery mm-hmm. and, and you know whatever other information that should be given to you. It would be tailored in such a way that it would be 
basically indistinguishable either as a religious experience, if that's their intent, or from your own uh, thoughts, you know, things that just occur to you to do. Your inner voice. You know. Yeah. Or or the, the little thing that tells you, oh, I should go do this or I should go do that. You know, sometimes those almost seem to come from someplace else. And in this scenario, they literally would be. Mm-hmm. So this is basically just starting to put in place uh, this mind control that's being proposed, mm-hmm. you know, through technologies that, as far as we're aware, don't exist. You know, the, the uh, examples you found are the, you know, brain-to-computer interface that allowed the paralyzed person to be able to speak. Mm-hmm. There have been experiments that I've seen uh, I've seen TV shows about where they've done something similar. They'll put some kind of interface in a, in a person's brain, or I think in one case, even a chimp's brain. Mm-hmm. And it was able to control a computer cursor and, you know, manipulate a computer in a sort of rudimentary way. Mm-hmm. And part of what they found was that the brain will integrate things like that. It was, it was actually, it's really interesting research. Yeah. There are different pathways and different kinds of brain activity associated with you know verbal thought and verbal communication versus you know physical kinetic movement with your body or moving some kind of object Mm. so and they found that over time these implants are basically showing the same kind of brain activity as moving a limb now does that support the idea that this could be integrated into you in some way that these you know thoughts are put into you and they'll just feel natural the same way that you know the chimp's brain incorporated this implant and it became almost like another limb for it i don't know if the technology were all there and in place who knows i think that even if it's not that advanced right now it's something that well, A, we don't know how advanced it is, but B, it could be developing quickly. So, again, the timeline, you know, maybe isn't looking like it's supposed to be 2021, 2024, but maybe like 2030. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Because we'll make advancements, and I, I have to believe it'll eventually come to that. I mean, do you think that that's an impossibility, or...? I don't know that I would say anything is impossible. I think that like most conspiracies, there are going to be a lot easier ways to do anything that they're talking about doing here than the way they've proposed. Mm-hmm. You know, like, um, I think it's a joke. You know, the, what people were putting on Facebook saying that there are chips in the COVID vaccine that track you. Mm-hmm. The easiest way to do that is to track your phone. Yeah. You already have something in your pocket that reports your location. You know, what I mean, and that's not nefarious necessarily. I want my phone to know where I am so it can show me the correct time. I want it to know where I am so that if I say, you know, navigate to Target, it knows, you know, don't take me to a Target in California, take me to one here. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but if you could tap into that information, it'd be a lot easier to collect that from a telecommunications company who is obligated to provide information requested by a government entity in certain circumstances than to try to inject somebody with that. 
-hmm. I think it would be a lot easier to find some other way of getting that information into you. And I think the easiest way is through media. You know, to introduce, like you were saying earlier with these movies, to kind of desensitize you to certain ideas or or normalize something that wouldn't normally be readily accepted. Mm -hmm. The media is so bad that it's unwatchable, but <laughs> I do know that there are people out there that are glued to their TV screen all the time, living in fear because of what they think is out there already. Hmm. I was at the gym the other day, and there were two TVs right next to each other, one playing Fox and one playing CNN. And it's like, almost like they're showing news from two different countries. Yeah. I, I mean, news sources aren't really news sources. They're selling you something that is happening however they want they want to make it as dramatic as possible yeah, so, so they'll they get watch, more people so to they... tune in and they'll get more money and exactly if you do watch like cnn or something for a little bit there's a lot of big pharma commercials yeah. and a lot of people think that you know the big pharma ads that they buy kind of keep some of the news companies about talking about it so but the fourth step is essentially three different options mm -hmm. or three different, I guess, phases or stages to asserting this control. So one of these is to convince, you know, mankind as an end, you know, as a, a, an entire people that some alien invasion is about to occur. Mm hmm. And that each nation has to respond and retaliate against this threat. Uh, the claim is that the United Nations court will require nations uh, which have launched nuclear weapons to disarm when the invasion is shown to have been false. So this is a this is a, a the idea that nuclear major nuclear powers will kind of be tricked into using their weapons, and then the United Nations will use some powers that it may or may not have. Mm -hmm to disarm those nations saying like look what you did over something that was fake mm -hmm. you know it, you you tricky you hurt yourself from taking your bb gun away yeah <laughs> yeah and i could see this maybe not as a way to trick nuclear powers into giving their weapons up but as a way to make citizens give up all their rights so they can be protected and mm -hmm. I think that's more likely than uh, because I think a lot of those nations would be in on it. First of all, you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. I find it hard to believe that if there's a fake alien alien invasion that China or the United States or Russia, like none of them will know about it. Yeah. Um, so the second, the second step of this is aimed at Christians and it relies on the idea of the rapture coming and that the rapture is somehow operating in conjunction with this alien civilization coming to earth. So the idea is to trick that portion of the population into believing that these aliens have come to earth to rescue us from, you know, something monstrous mm -hmm. and that a significant portion of that population will now no longer oppose the implementation of this new world order 
the third part of this, the third orientation as it's referred to, is a mixture of electronic and supernatural forces. Now I'm just going to read this verbatim from the notes. Okay. The waves used at that time will allow, quote, supernatural forces, unquote, to travel through optical fibers, coaxial cables, electrical, and phone lines in order to penetrate to everyone at once through major appliances. Embedded chips will already be in place. The goal of this deals with uh, global satanic ghosts projected all around the world in order to push all populations to the edge of hysteria and madness to drown them into a wave of suicide, murder, and permanent psychological disorders. After the night of the thousand stars, worldwide populations will be ready for the new messiah to reestablish order and peace at any cost, even at the cost of abdication of freedom. So you see one of these paragraphs that had several things that made me go back and go, what, what, mm -hmm. what did that just say? I was just going to say that I don't think that this part about embedded chips and the global satanic ghosts projected all over, I don't, I think that the fake alien invasion would cause all that too. So I don't think I this do too. is a necessary step to even have in here. I think this would have taken place already. Yeah. So as this plan proceeds, um, you know, it, it really just outlines a lot of tactics for getting people to unite, mm -hmm. getting people to kind of think and feel the same way, getting people to have faith in a new government, removing free will, removing our ability to defend ourselves, removing a lot of weapons and control over means for defense or violence, and then removing things that create boundaries between countries, you know, removing cash and whatever else mm -hmm. to kind of get a single homogenous unified people to rule over yeah and so this is crazy this is the craziest thing i've ever read it was really actually fun reading it okay i had i had a little bit of trouble with it because i had to keep going back but at one point i uh i found out that on my mac i can hit i had to enable it but i can hit option and escape and and if i have text selected it'll just read it out loud to me oh that's cool so I had it doing that. There were, you know, I was just rearranging something on my desk and I just went ahead and selected a page and hit that. And it was just reading this stuff out loud to me. And for some reason, my computer reading this stuff to me saying, you know, there will be microchips implanted and blah, blah, blah. And these projections will be around. I was like, this is the greatest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> like, I cannot believe how good this is because it's just like the kind of conspiracy theory that is so fun because it's so ridiculous. It relies on so many things that don't exist or don't exist as far as we can tell, it it does kind of hint at a very uh, small nugget of potential truth. You know, it really is true that to protect a population, a lot of the time you have to remove that population's ability to act on their impulses. Mm -hmm. You know? To cut down on violence, you remove a population's ability to inflict violence on each other. There was a YouTuber and that makes it easier to take the rights too. Yeah. And there was a YouTuber that I used to watch who uh, did a little comparison. He was just saying like, this is just, I'm just throwing this out there for, for thought. Mm -hmm. And he was talking about instances of violent crime, rape, robberies, and murder between the U S and I think it was England, you know, and he, and it was like per capita. Mm -hmm. So it was proportionately adjusted. 
But it was one of those things where there were far fewer murders, but way more violent crime mm-hmm. in general. And it was kind of like, which is better? Yeah. You know, is a thousand rapes worth 50 murders? Yeah. I don't know. Like, you know, these are just two different approaches. He wasn't saying either was right or either was wrong. But yeah, I mean, this is something that really could be considered at some point. I'm not sure that it is or that the UN would be the one to carry it out. I don't think that there's a a remnant large enough of the Soviet Union to act on something like this or that the technology really exists. But a core conspiracy that if we can scare the world bad enough, you know, convince them that there's some huge problem and that we're the ones who have the answers Mm -hmm. and that all they have to do is give up their weapons you know, give up yeah. you know, their cash. We'll all go to some, you know, we'll get rid of the euro, the dollar, the whatever else. Mm-hmm. We'll have something new. You know, it it's possible. From that perspective, from just the perspective of, like, let's unify the world and tell them it's for their own good, I feel like that's something that might be possible someday. But I do think that our natural tendency to kind of group ourselves and react to things in different ways would make it really difficult without mind control. (laughs) Yeah, I guess so. I mean, that kind of wraps it up. Uh, I do think there's a lot of possibilities in this. Specifically, I am interested in the faked alien invasion. Mm -hmm. I am too. That's Um, the one that I think is very very possible yeah I think there's a lot in this you know I keep making fun of it I keep having fun with it but you know scaring people into compliance is something that could really happen there's a there's every one of these that it's like a little kernel of something real and then they've just piled all this like sci-fi stuff on top of it Mm -hmm. either to disguise it or to make it maybe more outlandish more you know easier to sell a book who knows or maybe it's something that was talked about you know hey this is what we want to do scare people into compliance Mm -hmm. okay here's technology being developed that could eventually make that happen and here's the way it might happen well i guess in an aside uh serge's daughter went missing after this came out Mm. And he claims to have been threatened. So, I don't know. I mean, if you believe that his daughter was kidnapped by, you know, someone in the government, does that make this conspiracy theory a lot more believable, or does it not matter? Well, like you said, it doesn't have to be 100% accurate to have Mm -hmm. gotten something right. I... uh... I kind of wanted to ask you why you wanted to talk about this one. Like, what what made you suggest this one? Is it just because it's outlandish like this? No, I... I, Or because the core of it is so believable and scary. I am very interested in the fake alien invasion. I think that's by far the most likely thing to happen. And the way that I see things leaning whether it's organic or orchestrated it seems to be leaning towards aliens are here uh what's what's next i don't know i just i think that one's the most likely 
and possibly eminent. Mm-hmm. So. I do think that's, yeah, that's something that could be used for a political reason. I think part of the problem, you know, putting aside the, you know, using holograms or mind control or or having personal information and medical information on every individual on earth it a good conspiracy needs a reason and i think this one's lacking a good reason really i oh, yeah the reason is to try and take over the world but to do what to have power. These people aren't motivated by the same things you and I are. I guess that's true. They don't have to have an end goal. I mean, they're they're just being in control. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. I like having a good reason for something. I mean, but I guess, yeah, just uniting everybody, you know, you're no longer the head of whatever. You're the head of the world. Yeah. I guess that could be enough. But I feel like a lot of what they're doing would, I don't know, would have a big impact. Some I have an MBA, mm-hmm. so I'm looking at this from a perspective of you know uniting with one economy would be really bad. You know, kind of making everybody homogenous like this would be really bad for innovation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, you might be you might rule the world, but it probably would not be as vibrant a world as it is today. Yeah, but they're more interested in the ruling part than, you know what it's like yeah that's true north korea would be a much better country if it was loosened up if control was loosened but it's that's not going to happen as long as they can hold on to control yeah and i mean those guys have to be crazy you know one right after the other to you know you would think somewhere someone along a line would say you know this isn't right right never seems to happen you have other governments that interfere and say hey this isn't right and we're going to take, you know, take your power away. But you never hear of a guy that's born into complete power and then is, you know, will relinquish any of it. They all, they're all dictators. They follow in their father's footsteps. So, Right. I, I did enjoy this one, though. This was a good pick. It was really interesting because interspersed in what I was reading that was like kind of wild claims was... Mm-hmm pretty cool claims about advances in technology yeah you know coming up with something similar to beaming in star trek mm-hmm. or space balls depending on <laughs> your tastes um or the tractor beam or the idea of being able to use air you know pressurized air to simulate touching something when you're interacting with a hologram mm-hmm. a lot of that technology is really really cool and it does you know, I, I think that there is a lot of danger in technology. You know, I think um, well, I think social media has been really bad. Like the technology that, that I learned about reading this was really, really cool. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, like I said, social media can be very dangerous because it can be used to spread misinformation. Mm-hmm. But a, a takeaway from this, I think, should be that technology can be good and bad. We need to be careful with how it's used because the holograms, you know, some of that it was talking about that these holograms with this kind of touch 
capability could be used for medical training or diagnostics, you know, being mm -hmm. done remotely. If there's an expert at this hospital in New York and you're in L.A., this might be the best way for them to get a look at you. But whenever there's technology, someone will use it for evil. Mm-hmm. That is and, true. And that's not a conspiracy theory. No. People look how to, how to, whatever it is their goal is, they'll look to use that technology for that. So there are always going to be bad actors out there trying to take advantage of it. If you cannot see, if you cannot learn, if you cannot understand, then you and your family and friends will succumb to the fires of the crematoria that have been built in every state and every major city on earth built to deal with you. No one is safe in a totalitarian police state. Trickery and scare tactics have always been used in warfare. From Vlad the Impaler to the ghost jungles of Vietnam where they projected sounds and images in the jungles to make the Viet Cong think their ancestor ghosts were coming for them. The government has always used fear for our safety to take liberties and privacies away. In Ronald Reagan's speech you heard at the beginning of the show, he literally says that to unify the earth it will take an alien invasion and we can't wait for that to actually happen. We've been slowly directed into believing that aliens are present from Roswell to today. What's a better way to make people believe something than to organize a fake cover-up? So the scientific community has been presenting anti-biblical archaeological finds forever, authentic or otherwise. The earthquake scenario is being replaced by these global warming events revealing more archaeological finds. We can agree that those in power want to keep that power, and we've seen countries go to any means to preserve, protect, and increase their power through subtle controls, brainwashing, outright dictatorship, and the gradual loss of individual freedoms we're seeing today. From one generation to the next, we're seeing a softening of the American spirit and the wussification of America that's been talked about for years. I'm good with weed being legal, but it's only legal so the government can tax it and use it as a tool of complacency. You're less likely to get up, stand up, stand up for your rights if you're high, despite what Bob Marley suggested. So the aliens are being portrayed as here, basically through the military opening up. If they're telling us about it, you can bet it's not for our own good, or because we have the right to know. It's because they have something to gain. We're being slowly trained to depend fully on the government to save us from ourselves. What will happen when there's an alien invasion? Just the fact that you believe there's an alien invasion is enough to shake faith without the use of mind control technology. You don't need to show Christ, Allah, Buddha, Krishna becoming one entity if the aliens are seen as our true saviors. Anti-biblical archaeology? Check. Technology to create holograms around the world? Check. Tractor beam technology? Check. Mind control technology? Check. Evil leaders who have talked about this plan openly? Check. Power hungry lower level entities that will stop at nothing? Check. Medical and technological capabilities to keep these people alive as long as possible so they won't have to face the creator for as long as possible. Or perhaps serve the devil. But why have the powers that be hinted at their capabilities and intent? Sigil magic. If you put something out there as a sign, like Reagan's speech, 
and nobody picks up on it, it's their fault for not paying attention, and these powers feel that their karma is clear. Werner von Braun had a dying confession that space weapons were a fantasy and unnecessary. That's all we've got tonight. We hope you enjoyed tonight's episode of Cryptique on Project Bluebeam. Remember, there are a lot of things to point to in history that were laughed at and considered fake conspiracy theories, until they weren't. The truth will come out, so be prepared if there's an alien invasion to consider if it's real or being used as another tool to strip away your privacies and rights, God-given or otherwise. Check out Ryan's movie review podcast, Movie Howl, and my true crime podcast, Exploring Evil. Like, subscribe, review, and email us case suggestions at crypticpodcast at gmail.com. And have a great evening.